Um, my name is David Sluka. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the worship pastor here, and since Pastor Mike is away, I have the privilege of preaching today, and uh, we're just doing two verses out of the book of James chapter 4, and we're looking at verse 11 and verse 12. So if you would go ahead and turn there, James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. We'll give you just a few seconds to get there. Just reflecting on some of the things that we have sung. As believers in the room, we know we're forgiven, right? We know we're forgiven of every single sin. I'm just thinking about that. The future, sure. The price it has been paid. Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon, and he was raised to overcome the grave. And I just love how the, at the end of each of those uh, verses, it's, it's not about us. It's about him, right? We're not saving ourselves. It's all about Jesus, and he totally did it. It's done. It's true of us. Just really gripped by that. And, of course, just this, this, the idea of God putting his breath into our lungs. He put that there on purpose. Take a big breath, would you? Humor me. Oh, that's, that's God right there. You didn't do that. God put that in there, and he has purpose for that. Life is in his hands. And so as we get to talk about his word, we want to take it very seriously. This is going to be short today. It's going to be really short But it's powerful. So just because it's short, we don't want to miss what God's going to say to us. I don't want to manipulate anything. If God speaks to your heart, I am very thankful for that. If he doesn't, well, that's okay. It's not my job to speak to your heart. It's his. And he's going to do that if he wants to. So let's read together James 4, verses 11 and 12. Do not... Speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Just let that soak in. This isn't going to be hard to understand. I think what's going to be hard is for us to really apply it to ourselves. Um, which again, we won't do without the Holy Spirit's help. So let's pray, and then we'll talk about it. Father, it truly is your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. We give you praise. We thank you that life is in your hands and you have chosen to give it to us. Not just life on earth, but eternal life. And we need your help, Lord. This is your word. You've got an agenda for today. And I pray that it would come about, that you would soften our hearts. Whatever we need to take from this, maybe we're just encouraged to keep doing what we're doing. But maybe you want to bring some conviction. And I pray that you would do that, Lord. You discipline us in love, and that is so good. We are thankful for that. Because that means we're actually your kids. Discipline your kids. So help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay. So James gives us command in the first sentence of verse 11. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. We have talked a lot about uh, James and his harsh words towards this group. So I'm going to remind you of a few things. One of them is that this group would bless God with their mouths and then curse each other. And then he says something profound. Brothers, this should not be. Blessing should not be coming out of the same mouth as cursing. So like thinking about even just what we just did in our worship service as we're singing, blessing God, but then turning around and being okay with cursing one another. He talked about how there, is, uh, there was jealousy, bitter jealousy, envy, and selfish ambition going on, and that was causing quarrels and fights among the believers. So he's getting, getting back to that now when he says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. He's giving a very broad command. Now in English... When we see the word evil, we can probably think about a lot of different things. We probably don't think, you know, the things that we say are necessarily evil, right? Think of evil as like someone casting a spell or something. You know what I mean? Evil. Have you ever thought about the things that you say and thought, oh man, that was evil? That's a question. <laughs> you ever thought that the things that you say are evil? I don't know that this group did, that James was talking to. But the, the phrase, speaking evil against one another, comes from one word. And uh, because I didn't think anyone was going to remember it, including myself, I'm not going to tell you what the word was. I probably couldn't even pronounce it. But this one word means a whole lot of stuff. Okay? Are you tracking with me so far? Yes, David? Was that Christian? Oh, thank you, Tony. All right. Is everybody tracking with me so far? Yes, we're awake. We're ready to go. Or you're ready to get punched in the face by the word of God, and it hurts so good. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, the first thing it can mean is questioning legitimate biblical authority in a way that you talk bad about it. So, meaning like someone preaches the word of God. I know this is going to sound self-serving. I promise I didn't mean it to be. But if, if someone is speaking God's word... And then you decide, ah, it's not for me, and you talk bad about it. That's one of the things it's talking about. Speaking evil against one another, but it doesn't stop there. Slander in secret is also what it's talking about. You know what slander is? Saying not truth about somebody to a bunch of other people. Spreading lies about each other. Being critically judgmental of someone. Critically judgmental. Meaning, looking down on people, trying to cut them with your words, whether you yell at them or maybe you just say some soft words that are just really demeaning. You know what I mean? You don't have to yell at somebody to make them feel awful. And certainly involved in that would be gossip. That's telling the truth about somebody. But you're saying it to the wrong people. Saying it to people who don't need to hear it. People who can't help solve the problem. It's a pretty broad thing. Are you starting to get the picture? Speaking evil against one another isn't just like saying like really, really nasty things. It's, it could be as simple as saying something that's true, but to the wrong person, just to bring somebody down. So we got all that wrapped into this command not to speak evil against one another. Now, we want to make sure that we're not missing the fact that we are actually called to judge one another as believers. 
Did you know that? What? We're not supposed to judge people in church. Matthew 7, 1 says, don't judge each other or you're going to be judged in the same way. But that's talking about hypocrisy. That's talking about telling someone not to do something when you do the same thing and you're not working on it. Galatians 6, 1 says, brothers, if any one of you is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual are to help that person. You are to restore him in a spirit of gentleness. If one, any one of you believers is caught in a sin, we're supposed to come alongside and gently help each other with that. So that's not what we're talking about when we say judging, don't judge each other. It's more about the critical judgment. Critical judgment that is really like kind of going above and beyond the law of God. God has a standard. Sometimes we make that standard look a little different. So we want to make sure we know we are called to call each other out. We just need to do it in humility and gentleness. And there's actually a process in Matthew 18 about how to approach somebody in their sin. And that's not what today's sermon's about. But to sum all of the speaking evil against one another, I'm going to just give a definition I think that is pretty good. And that is being critically judgmental with our words, either in public or private. Being critically judgmental with our words, even either in public or private. And yes, we got all of that out of one sentence in verse 11. Don't speak evil against each other. So why is that such a big problem? What's a big deal? James gives two reasons. And the first is this. To speak evil against each other is to elevate yourself above God's law. I want to say that again. To speak evil against each other is to elevate yourself above God's law. Whoa, what? I was just talking about that. I mean, I was just making a few comments. I wasn't putting myself above God's word, against God's law. I think most of us probably wouldn't say that. But look at verse 11, the rest of verse 11. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother in the way that we just established speaks evil against the law and judges the law. Ouch. You don't have to show your hands, but has anyone ever, like, violated God's law in this way? I know I have. And I'm going to talk a little bit about just a a conviction moment even while I was studying. I'm not going to say it just yet. But it's just... This is a lot more serious than I think we give it credit. So first of all, how is speaking evil against one another actually breaking the law? We get a clue at the end of verse 12. Who are you to judge your neighbor? Key word is neighbor. So when you think about speaking against a brother, speaking against your neighbor, that might sound a little more familiar. Maybe like, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what James is talking about. He's actually quoting the Old Testament, the original law that God gave Moses, Leviticus 19.18. And I don't have a slide for that. But it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Again, that's a broad command. Love people just like you love yourself. Now, maybe some of us in this room have some trouble loving ourselves. We're not talking about that. We need to work on that. You need to love yourself as Christ loves you and no more. No less. But in general, I would like to say we love each other probably more than we can articulate. And we need to treat each other with the same kind of love. Does that make sense? 
And that means we shouldn't say things to each other that we wouldn't want said to us. We shouldn't say things about one another that we wouldn't want said about us. So I think that James' audience probably understood the command. They would have been familiar with Jewish law. But what they didn't understand is that the, the act of breaking that law, love one another as you love yourself, is actually elevating yourself above God's law. The word judge, it says that you are judging the law. That brings some clarity too because that has to do with like a courtroom setting, making a decision in a courtroom with that kind of authority. I know what the law is, but we're just not going to do it. We're going to do it differently. And that's why our first point is speaking evil against one another. Elevate yourself above God's law. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration. And at first, I thought it was pretty good. And I think I probably have heard it here in a sermon probably within the last year. I'm not for sure. But I'm going to tell it to you anyway because I think it works. So I'm not a mechanic. And I would like to think I'm kind of mechanically inclined. But let's just say that I work at Chrysler. And they give me a blueprint to build an engine. And I look at that blueprint and I go, wow, that's a great blueprint. You guys did an awesome job. Good job. Good process. I'm just not going to do part of that, though. I'm gonna, there's a few parts that are kind of hard to fit together. It's kind of hard to understand the machine. I'm, I'm kind of tired today. I'm just not going to follow that blueprint. How stupid would that be? That'd be pretty stupid, right? That'd be pretty foolish. I'm not mechanically inclined. I'm not an engineer. Somebody, some engineer, group of engineers, designed a pretty good process. Selling lots of cars that are working most of the time. Oh, I'm sorry. That really, forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. Chrysler cars are great. This is not about Chrysler. This is about saying that you're smarter than someone like an engineer and deciding you know how to build a car better. And how much worse is that when we have God who made life, made life. He made it, every detail about it. And he gives us this law, how to live your best life, truly, like really, how to live your best life. And then we decide, I'm just not going to do that. It's a lot worse, isn't it? When you look at it that way, he gives us a law. And then when you think about all the things we talked about, slander, gossip, cutting each other down, all those things are in violation to this nice broad command, love your neighbor as yourself. We don't get to sidestep that one, even if we don't feel like it, right? And I think we can, there's a broad application. That's how we're supposed to treat people in general. Like, love, who's your neighbor? Everyone, right? But specifically, he said brothers, too. So we're talking about people in the church. we got to take a hard look at ourselves in the church and ask, how have we been treating each other? Are we lifting each other up? Let's get real personal. Think about just you personally. I don't know anybody. I'm not calling anyone out in particular. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? But let's just think to ourselves. Is there someone... We're a group in our church that we just really don't get along with for whatever reason. Do we build people up with our words or do we cut them down, whether it's in public or whether it's in private? Is there any dissension going on? Just let it sit. We only have two verses, so you've got to let it sit. 
And if that's true, let the Holy Spirit do his work. Let's deal with that. Because I think something we, we forget sometimes is we're all part of the same body. You got Christ at the head, and here's his body. Here's me, here's you. We're all part of each other. I can't look at you and say, I don't need you or you don't count. I don't get to do that because you are the exact same as me. Completely lost before Jesus and completely found with all his blessing and all his favor. And then God says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your brothers as yourself. How can we do any less than that? I'm a part of you. You're a part of me. And we're a part of the people that even annoy us sometimes. Come on. You don't have to raise your hands. Sometimes people can be annoying. Or is that just me? <laughs> Forgive me, Lord, for the moments that I think, man, that's annoying. And he does. He forgives us. But we got to remember we are part of each other. If we're going to move forward with any kind of a vision as our church, we've got to remember that we're doing it together because all are equal. All are equally loved in the Father's eyes. Woo, that's good news, right? So let's be careful when we speak evil against each other. Now that we know what evil is, let's be careful because to do that is to elevate ourselves above God's law. Now the second point is basically like taking the, point, the first point and saying it's ten times, a thousand times, a million times worse actually. Because to speak evil against each other is actually to elevate yourself above God. Elevate yourself above God. Do you buy that? Let's look at God's word. What does, he, what does he say? Look at the end of verse 11 and look at verse 12. But if you judge the law. Again, we've established that if you're speaking evil against one another, then you are judging God's law. You are not a doer of the law, but a judge. And there is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and destroy. But who are you? To judge your neighbor. The word judge started out as a verb and then it became a noun. Because of what you did, this is what you're, you're acting like. A judge. And there's only one of those. Who is he? Who is he? God! There's only one judge. Only one person who gets the, has the right to either save someone or destroy someone. Who are you? Ouch! Who am I? Who are you to speak against your brother in a way that demeans them and cuts them down? I'll be honest, I thought I had a better illustration. I feel like God's word is just really loud and clear. I was going to give a bunch of examples of how we can cut each other down. And, uh, and then I think God told me not to do that. Because I had a perspective while I was studying I didn't say it out loud. I didn't think it on purpose. But I totally thought, eh, I'm not really struggling with this. I'm not speaking evil against anyone. I didn't, I didn't say it. I just, I just realized now I had that perspective. All of a sudden, I'm studying, and God puts a specific person in my mind. Someone who I had seen in a behavior, and I had made this judgment call. That person loves X more than they love God. That really stings to say that out loud. But that's what happened. So I'm not coming down on anyone. Yeah, I'm standing on this stage because you couldn't see me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm short. Think about it, though. 
I'm the same as you. God forbid the preacher did the same thing he's not supposed to do. He's telling everybody else not to do it. Guys, I'm sorry. I, I didn't even realize that was happening. And I repented in that moment. I had tears in my eyes because who am I? How dare me say something like that? Even in my heart against somebody else. Did I forget what I used to look like? Yeah, I did. So if you struggle with that, I'm right there with you, and I'm dealing with that right along with you. Let's not ignore the Holy Spirit if he's showing us, oh, man, I did that. Let's remember who we were when God found us. All equally lost. Whether we knew it or not, we were all equally lost. Jesus didn't just die for some. He died for all because we're all evil, wicked. We are. Otherwise, would the Son of God have come and died for us? No. It wouldn't have been needed, but it was needed. Every last one of us needs it. So we've just got to think about that. Let's start in the room. Think about people that we know in the church if we have trouble with them, let's just remember we're all on the same playing field. Give grace, because that's what God gives to you. Think about this. The only one who has the authority to either save or to destroy, what does that God do with that authority? Come on. What does he do? He dies for the wicked people, because he loves them so much. He loves wicked people. Man, that's good news. That doesn't leave anybody out. The only one who could punish you offers complete forgiveness. A clean slate. Psalm 103 says he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He knows what we deserve and guess what? He doesn't give it to us. He gives more grace. And then he disciplines us as his kids, as sons and daughters. He disciplines us. And that doesn't always feel so great, right? Every man a warrior, guys, you know the verse I'm talking about. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And it says in that same chapter, he disciplines those he loves. If he didn't discipline us, then we would be illegitimate children. But we're not illegitimate children, every single one of us. Blood bought by a God who could have crushed us all. That's good. So let that be all loaded up into the sentence, who are you to judge your neighbor? Nobody. So let's repent, right? And again, I don't have anyone in particular in mind. I just know myself. That's why I share that story. I don't really enjoy telling you that I thought that about somebody. But you need to know that I struggle with it. It happens sometimes. We can be blind to it. So let's think real critically about that. Because to speak evil against someone whether in public or private, is to elevate yourself above God's law and even to play the part of God himself. Let's not do that because that's not what God does to us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is clear. It is cut right to our hearts, Lord, and you don't treat us like many times we treat each other. And we are so thankful for that, Lord. I'm thankful that you have grace for us and you have patience even while we're learning how to live this out. How to love our neighbor as ourselves. Give us grace, Lord.
Give us more grace. We ask for it. We don't deserve it, but we ask for it. And Lord, I pray that if there is specific things that we need to deal with in this room right now, in our souls, and our hearts, you would just give us strength to, to follow through. Give us that conviction. Still our mouths, Lord, when we're getting ready to say something that just doesn't need to be said, or maybe it should be said differently. You know that, Lord. So we just pray for help, and also pray that you would encourage our hearts to know that you love us through the process. You're not giving up on us. You're so good. You are so kind. And so we love you, Lord. Thank you that you love us in Jesus' name. Amen.